be looking at a very sensitive topic today and we are going to be praying not just looking at the topic we are going to be what praying over it we are going to be looking at restoration of glory restoration of what glory restoration of your glory that what the enemy have stolen you remember jacob and esau how jacob stole esau's birthrights what he actually stole is his star his glory every man is born with a glory but sometimes somehow men manipulated that glory for their own personal use it is done on, in the occult in the occult world they steal people's glory when you find out that they say ah, somebody did a money ritual it's actually stealing of people's glory all the one that is here ah, money ritual that uh, somebody went to do money ritual and uh, uh, he used human this thing and the human being is vomiting money no i don't think it's true but in the spiritual world in the kingdom of darkness they steal people's glory praise the lord and before you they see they have to be sacrificed a certain woman was talking about a certain church that when she was in the occult world that a particular pastor came to him uh, came to her and he said i want to be great praise the lord i want to be great and the woman said this is this 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 is what you are going to be to do and in the site where they build their present church according to the woman he said they buried 21 uh, 201 human being on that grant not just a uh, different species of human being uh, young girls married women pregnant woman uh, somebody with hunchback maybe albino uh, youth uh, newborn baby 201 that they bury for the glory of the man to come out. You also talk about certain man where they in, where when he was building his church that they bury somebody with hunchback, a pregnant woman. So it's actually what stealing of people's glory. People stars, what people are supposed to become. You gather their words, their glory. Praise the Lord. You gather their glory and only you. You are now what? Becoming great. And the others are what? Going down every day. And that is why you find out that in most of those churches, what I'm saying is prophetical. In most of those churches, you find out that it's only the pastor that is great. 
Every other people there, members, they are just struggling. That's how to know what a satanic church. A satanic church. Only the what the pastor is great. Only the pastor is using the best car. Only the pastor is using what private jets. Only the pastor is building estate and doing great things. While others are going down, they have stolen all their glory. And it's using uh, uh, the glory of millions of people. What is supposed to get to millions of people? Only one man has stolen it. So this is common in what in Africa. I don't I can't say about US and other country, but this is common in Africa. Even in a family, sometimes people steal other people's glory. And only one person becomes great. While others are just struggling, trying to stand up. They try to stand up, they fall. Politicians. They steal their followers' glory. Everybody that is talented, they steal their glory. Praise the Lord. So, but when you become born again, nobody can what steal your glory. And also, as a Christian, as a child of God, born again, you can also help other people to restore their glory. There are people who are not born again. That their glory has been worth stolen. You can help them to restore that glory. Even in that their state. But the best thing is what? For a man to be born again. When you give your life to, to Christ, nobody can steal your glory. If they have stolen your glory before, that glory will be restored to you. Once you become born again, genuinely, being a child of God, genuinely, you have submitted to God. You have given your life to Christ. Christ is now in control of your life. Nobody can steal your glory. Wherever you get to, you get there. Praise the Lord. Stealing of restoration of what? Glory. Restoration of glory. It's common in Africa. Even sometimes newborn babies, some people steal that baby's glory. And you find out that baby, he, he, as he's growing up, he's struggling. He's struggling. He's struggling. So that will not be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. And anyone in our family, our children, that the enemy have stolen their glory. Father, let it be restored today in the mighty name of Jesus. Prayer. Let it be restored. Let it be restored. Our children, that the enemy have stolen their glory. Let their glory be restored. 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 As our many among our children in our family, 
that they have stolen their glory. We are standing between Jesus and them. We are reporting it to Jesus. And Jesus is taking it to God. Their glory, let it be restored in the mighty name of Jesus. Let it be restored in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. There is a certain man in Quara State, a certain leader in Quara State. He's a great leader, leader before he died. You know, he will gather people together in Quara State. He will gather people who will be coming to his house to eat. As you are eating the food, he's stealing your glory. As you are eating the food, he's stealing your glory. As you are eating the food, it's, it's stealing your glory. And at the end of the day, he only becomes very great. And is controlling everybody. He's controlling the politics. He's controlling the business. He's controlling everything in Quora State. He will be the one that will say, this also person will be what? Governor. So so person will be what? Minister. So so person will be what? Commissioner. Him alone is what? He now become the head of that state because he has stolen every other person's glory and at the end of the day nobody can amount to him so one of the way that the enemy used in stealing glory is what through food be careful who you collect food from hmm? who you collect food from sometimes they share food They share food and you go and collect it and eat. So they are using that one to what to steal your glory. That is why, as a Christian, a child of God, any food you are go- they are bringing, you bless it and sanctify it. Once you bless it and sanctify it, whatever is connected to that food with their shrine, it will what it will dissolve. So one of the ways is what true food what did jacob use to steal esau's glory it's food it's food so be careful how you collect food from people be careful how you collect what food from people but if you are born again nobody can what steal your glory Nobody can do what steal your glory. Nobody can do what steal your glory. But one have to be what careful what you collect from people. Another way that men steal people's glory is through money. Praise the Lord. Money. The certain governor then that used to throw money around. They give money during uh, election. They throw money around and the rest. Through that money, they are doing what? They are stealing the glory of the people. But if you are born again, that cannot affect you. And that is why there is a need for you to be what? To be born again. To be a child of God. When you are a child of God, no what? No divination against uh, Israel. No enchantment against what Jacob. So there won't be any enchantment against you. 
there won't be any divination against you. But if you are not born again genuinely, if you have not submitted, if you are still struggling with the Lord, that thing can catch you. And that is why we need to pray for our children that are growing up, that their glory will not brought, be stolen. And wherever they have stolen their glory, let it be restored now in the mighty name of Jesus. Let it be restored now in the mighty name of Jesus. Let it be restored now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every glory that has been stolen from you, I restore it now in the mighty name of Jesus. I restore it now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every glory that has been stolen from you, I restore it now in the mighty name of Jesus. I restore it now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every glory that has been stolen from you, I restore it now in the mighty name of Jesus. I restore it now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every glory that is stolen from you, I restore it now in the mighty name of Jesus. I restore it now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every glory that is stolen from you, I restore it now in the mighty name of Jesus. I restore it now in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your glory come back to you. Your glory in the Christian race, let it come back to you. Your glory in your ministry, let it come back to you. Your glory in your business place, let it come back to you. Your glory in your career, let it come back to you. Your glory in all areas, let it come back to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Another means by which people use in stealing people's glory is through relationship, sexual relationship. And the people that they call Yahoo boys, they use this method so much. Through what? Sexual relationship. Yahoo boys. When I go around, you know, especially those that new market, you see a lot of mad young young girls that run mad. Their glory has been what stolen. So this theory method. So as a Christian, what you eat, people you collect food from and eat. One, people you collect money from. Two, then three, your body. Your body is what? The temple of what? The Holy Spirit. You have to keep it. So whatever glory has been stolen from you, ignorantly, you'll be ignorant before. But now you know God. Whatever glory that has been stolen from you, I restore it back now in the mighty name of Jesus. I restore it back now in the mighty name of Jesus. I restore it in hundredfold now in the mighty name of Jesus. I restore it now in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Are we there? Okay, because of our time. I'll go ahead and read. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. From verse 1. He said, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen 
Jesus Christ our Lord are not ye any work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you, for the seal of my apostleship are ye in the Lord. My answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas? Praise the Lord. Paul is what is proving what his apostleship. They are signs of apostles. When you talk about being an apostle, apostle is a calling. If you look at the fivefold uh, ministry gifts, they mention what apostle as number one. And the signs of an apostle, one of it is what humility. Self-denial. You deny yourself of so many things. Those are what the signs of what an apostle. You say, am I not an apostle? Can't I do the way others are doing? Can't I pick a wife? Can't I levy you, say, pay offering, pay this? Can't I do this? So, Sign of an apostle is what? Deny yourself. Being humble. Things that maybe others are pursuing. You don't pursue them. A life of what? Sacrifice. Paul lived a life of sacrifice. He can decide to marry. It's not wrong. But for the gospel's sake and the destruction that marriage will be to him. He decide not to. Not that Paul cannot marry. Paul can marry. But because of distraction, because he wants to what? Focus what? In the work of God. He wants to totally focus in the work of God. So he denied himself of those things. Paul can easily say, ah, uh, uh, I'm traveling to this place. Okay, the church here, the church in uh, Corinthian, raised an offering. But Paul never did that. The only time that Paul raised an offering is because of some brethren that are suffering. In the church today, are we raising offering because of brethren that are suffering? Most of the offering that they are is because of church projects. Building cathedral. And the church now is competing. It's competing with cathedral. If this one builds 50, this one will build 100. This one will build 120. This one will say, I'm going to build 160. Is that what we are called to do? Is that the Christianity that Jesus left for us? Is that the kind of Christianity that Apostle Paul 
left for us. So there are a lot of competition. There are a lot of competition in the church today. Jesus, God did not call us to compete. Praise the Lord. God did not call us what to compete with each other. God called us what to complement each other. You know, competition is what when somebody is trying to outdo another and is what is the work of the flesh. Competition, competing eh, is the what is the work of the flesh. And because of competition, a lot of people they get stroke. In economics, there when they they say going with what the Joneses. Whatever you see your neighbor do, you want to do. If you buy social clothes, you want to buy. If you buy social car, you want to buy. If you build social house, you want to build. Competition. And that is why men of God are having what? High blood pressure. It's the work of the flesh. If you find yourself competing, competing unnecessarily, it's the work of the flesh. And that competition can destroy you. That competition can take you towards where you don't want. In Christianity, you just be yourself. Walk at your pace. Do not compete with anybody. We are not competing with anybody. We are doing the work of God as God instructs us. We are not setting targets. Ah, we, must, we must achieve this. It's also time. We must build a big cathedral. Praise the Lord. We are doing it the way the Lord leads us. That is how to do the work of God. The way God leads you. And if you look at the church today, you know, they are taxing the people. They are taxing the people. And that is where tithes tithes originate from. In the Old Testament, yes, tithes is good. But in the New Testament, there is nothing like that. Tithe has no place in the New Testament. Tithe has no what? It has no place. And that is why you cannot see Jesus in his lifetime on earth. Did you see Jesus collecting tithe? Did you see Paul collecting tithe? Did you see Peter collecting tithe? And these are signs to show that it is no longer relevant. It has been what abolished. It has gone with what the Old Testament. We have a New Testament now. In this New Testament, we don't have a temple that is built with hands. We don't have something that is called synagogue or a temple that is built with hands. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's as a result of greed that some of the early church fathers they introduce it back, they bring it back. It's as a result of greed, they want to get money. And what do they use that money for? Is it for the people? No. It's for church projects. Building of cathedral. Building of what? Cathedral. That is what they use it for. 
so that they can package themselves properly and compete. Praise the Lord. So, competition. As an apostle, apostles don't compete. Apostles, they follow God. Apostles, they do what? They follow God. You follow God according to God's calendar. You walk with God. You don't begin to jump out because certain pastor is doing this. You jump out. Ah, let us do it too. No. Ah, certain pastor is building university. Ah, our own to let's build university. You will find out that all these mega, what they call them, mega churches, they have one or two universities as a result of what? Competition. I listened to song from Bob Marley one time. Bob Marley said, the sign of a vampire, vampire church, or Babylon, is what? Building churches and doing what? And building universities. Then I now look at it, I trace it back to our time. Is that not the same thing? Babylon. The Babylon is falling. Babylon is falling. Babylon is a religious system that use religion to get money. They use God to do what? To get money. That is Babylon. They use God to get money. They use God to get rich. Jesus did not use God to get rich. Paul did not use God to get rich. So that is the system. If you see a religious system when they are using God to get rich, is what is Babylon. And that is not the sign of a true apostle. They are false apostles. And they are what? They are true apostles. So Paul is a true apostle. And we see the signs of apostle the name. Verse 7. He said, Who goeth who goeth a warfare anytime at his own charges? Who planted a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the meek of the flock? These are natural things to do. Pray the Lord. These are natural things that a natural man, a natural man of God would do. That he wants to eat out from his flock. He wants to eat from his church members. It's not a sin. If somebody says, God directed me to give you this. Eh? It's not a sin. You collect it and thank God for it. But for you demanding for such thing, demanding for offering, demanding for tithe, having a tithe book, making it compulsory is a sin. It's a work of the flesh. But when somebody say, Have the, I give you this thing. I give you this thing. 
God is leading me to give you this thing. Good. Even Jesus in his own time. Jesus in his own time. He never demanded for anything. Praise the Lord. But people are giving to him. Because God is leading them to give. Praise the Lord. God is leading them to give. He never demanded for anything. Even when he he needed to pay tax. When Jesus needed to pay tax, I believe Judas is there with the bag of money. Still, Jesus did not demand from that bag and say, Judas, bring money or let's use it to pay tax. No. Jesus told Peter, go to the river or the ocean. The first fish that you catch, open the mouth. Whatever you see there, bring it. Let's pay these people. Praise the Lord. So that is the example that the Lord Jesus left for us. He's not demanding for what? Anything. We as a Christian, our character should be like that. Not demanding for anything. But if God leads somebody to say, take, you collect and thank God for it. Though it's not everything that they bring to you that you collect. But you collect from who? Disciples. People who you feel they are disciples. Those are the people you collect from. Not a sinner or arm robber. We go and carry tight and say, uh, man of God, take. Where did he get it from? Collecting a stolen goods makes you what? A thief. Buying a stolen goods makes you what? A thief. If somebody went to steal something and he said, ah, uh, come and buy this thing, it makes you what? A thief too. Praise the Lord. So we must what? Deny ourselves. Verse 8, say I this thing as a man, or say not the law, the same also. For it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treaded out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Praise the Lord. This is an Old Testament scripture. This is what an Old Testament scripture. If you are going to apply it to the New Testament, when you are going to demand in the New Testament, you you don't demand for yourself. Praise the Lord. As a man of God, in the New Testament, you don't demand anything for yourself. When you are going to demand, just like Paul demanded for those Christians that are suffering, you demand for other people. Praise the Lord. As a Christian, you demand for other people. When you are going to tax your congregation, you tax them because of others. You can just say, ah, there's some brethren here, they need so-so, they need so-so, they need so-so. 
If God is leading you, eh? If God is leading you, you can give. But if God is not leading you, hold your peace. That is how to operate in the New Testament. Not that you force people, bring this, bring that, bring this. No, you don't force people. But whatever willingly that they gave you, you have the right to collect it. If it's coming from the right source. But if something is coming from a, an arm robber, will you collect it? Or it's coming from a prostitute? Unrepentant prostitute. Because there's an account in the Bible where they say, ah, this woman, if Jesus knew the manner of woman that she is, he will not allow her. But the woman was repentant. She was crying over her sin she bowed down use her hair use her tears to wash the leg of jesus use her hair to clean it and at the end of the day he brought out an expensive perfume and poured it on the leg of jesus praise the lord so is a repentant what prostitute and Jesus saw her repentancy. And that is why Jesus accepts those sins. But somebody who is not repentant, unrepentant arm robber, there's an account on the cross. Jesus was in between two robbers when they hanged them on the cross. And one was repentant. He said, Lord, remember me. When you get to your kingdom. And that I believe that is after Jesus entering heaven. That is the other person that enter heaven again. That follow Jesus enter. Even the apostles. They are not the one that directly follow Jesus to enter heaven. It's the thief on the cross. So God is merciful. God is what is merciful. When he sees genuine repentance, I'm turning away from my sin. I'm following you. God quickly forgive. And that is why on that day when we get to heaven, you see some hardened arm robbers in heaven. You see prostitutes. You see some people that you don't expect. You see them in heaven. And some people that say, ah, this one, he must be in heaven. You not see him there. Some great men of God, you that we call great men of God today, some of them, you most of them, you will not see them there. Because their work are evil and they refuse to repent. Praise the Lord. It's just like a story of one man that I had. He's a great, that man is a great bishop. And at the end of the day, they say he carried cocaine. And they caught him abroad. They said, now, we are going to expose you. And do what? And set you free. So that you go to your country. But we are going to expose you. The whole world will hear it. The man said, no. I can't take that. I have what? Reputation. 
I have reputation. And they say, okay, now that you said you have reputation, we are going to inject you so that after six months, you go and die. You might say, yes, I will accept that. So that man, if he died now, will he make heaven? Sometimes ago, somebody said he, he saw revelation of heaven and, and hell. And they saw that same bishop. They saw him in where? In hellfire. Somebody that did that kind of thing, that he was caught. He would have just said, expose me. And I will come out and say, I've repented. Genuine repentance. When God sees genuine repentance, you make it. But he refused to repent. Why? Because of his reputation. He said he has a name. He has what? A name. That people will not expect that him, bishop of bishop, will do this kind of thing. He said, let my name be protected. And let me die and go to hell. So in trying to what protect your name sometimes, it can take you to hell. They say you did this, you did this. He said, no, I did not do it. I begin to deny. When are you coming to restitute? This is what you did, man of God. This is what you did. He said, no, I didn't do that. And he stand on that. I did not do it. Meanwhile, he did it. Where is that kind of person going to? Eh? Hellfire. Ulaya says, sorry, I did it. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry for that. And God will forgive you. But there are some people that cannot say sorry. There are some people that cannot accept wrong, that I'm wrong. What does it take you? You are not God. To say, I'm, I'm wrong, please. I'm sorry. Forgive me. That is a repentant heart. And that kind of heart will make heaven. If you can easily repent and accept the wrong that you have done, you can easily make heaven. But if you are proud and arrogant, and you don't want accept that you are wrong. Your portion is where? Eh? You are a potential candidate of what? Hellfire. If that is your attitude. So we should easily repent. We should easily accept that we are wrong. We should easily say sorry, I'm sorry. Lord, have mercy upon me, I'm sorry. We should be able to say that. If you want to make heaven, a repentant heart, a repentant heart. Verse 10. Or said he, he eats altogether for our sake. For our sake, no doubt. This is written. This is written that he that ployed should flow in hope 
and that he that treasured in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partaker of this, of this power over you, are not we rather nevertheless we have not used this power but suffer all things lest we should hinder the gospel of christ praise the lord there are some powers there are some powers that god has given you but you have to be careful how to use it you see some people are performing miracle and they are collecting money People performing miracles for people, doing healing, counseling people, and they are collecting what? Consultation fee. That should not be our portion. In performing miracles, you should be careful. Not that you cannot pray for somebody and heal, but it should be a need. Eh? Did you remember one of the temptations of Jesus? When Satan said, now you fasted for 40 days, you are hungry, you are in this wilderness, nothing to eat, turn this stone to bread and eat. You are the son of God, turn this stone to bread and eat, so that you will be satisfied. What Jesus said, man shall not live by what? By bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let's compare that account again to when Jesus multiplied, he blessed uh, five loaves of fish, uh, five loaves of bread, and three loaves, uh, three, I mean two loaves of fish, uh, uh, three fishes. When he blessed it and multiplied it, why did he do it? Eh? Because of the people that are hungry. Because he said, if he leave them in hunger like that, and they left like that, what will happen? Some of them will die on the road. Some of them will faint. Some of them will collapse on the road. Because they, they stayed there three days, three nights, without eating anything. And that is why Jesus performed that miracle. If he's in our today, today's church, and God gave somebody to multiply bread, and fishes what will happen it will turn into doctrine it will be multi- anywhere you go to it will be multiplying fish whether the people need it just to show up miracle is not for show up miracle is not for show up jesus was on the cross they said if you come down from this cross we will know that you are a son of god i will believe in you did Jesus answer them? Hmm? No. The thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. When Satan said, if you are what? If you are a son of God, jump from this uh, pinnacle. Jump down. And it is written, his angels will take charge of you. 
if it's uh, what's it called? Men of God of today, knowing this scripture, they will jump. And let's compare that account to Daniel in the den of lion. Is it Daniel that went there himself? Eh? But circumstance. They told a lie against him. That is what took Daniel there. And God did what protected him. If Daniel on his own just say, okay, now that I enter the den of lion, and he will go and repeat it again, what happened? He has tempted God. Meshach, Sedrach, and Abednego, are they the ones that put themselves into the fairy furnace? No. Circumstance threw them there, and the Son of God protected them. That the furnace that used to melt iron, it became like what? Air condition. Don't tempt God. I see preachers of our days, they are tempting God. It's not every time you want to display, ah, I can perform miracle, I can do healing. It's not every time. Except God is leading you. To say this miracle, there's a need for it. Praise the Lord, there's a need for this miracle. Somebody need this miracle. Don't unnecessarily show yourself, ah, I can perform miracle, I can do healing. Eh? That is the sign of what? The Antichrist. Praise the Lord. Verse 12. If other be partaker of this power over you, are not we rather, nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partaker with the altar. Even so, had the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Even when in the Old Testament, when God chose the priests out of the tribe of Levites, and he said, everything that other people have, the Levites and the priests, they will get 10% of it. That is what God said in the Old Testament. But Paul is not using the, this privilege. That, okay, ah, I will get 10% of your this thing. I will take offering. Anytime I come, I take offering because I have to transport. Instead, Paul was walking with his hands. He will use his money to enter transport. Whatever transport, maybe donkey, sheep, anything that they are taking then. He will enter transport to your country and come and preach to you. 
And if he has extra in his pocket, he will still give back to you, to the people. And when he doesn't have, he will say, okay, I have some churches that are rich, that are better than the others. Let me take from them and give it to the ones that has less. Praise the Lord. In our church today, you know the big, big pastors that are flying yet, are they not collecting money from the poor? And they are using it to enrich themselves. Some of the universities that they build, can the poor attend, can the poor people attend it? Eh? They are paying one million as school fees. Can the poor man child in that church attend it? The gospel that the the early missionary they brought, our fathers, many people benefit. People who couldn't send their children to school, they benefited out of it. Some of the secondary school, the university that the church are building today, can poor man children, can they afford it? And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they use their money, their sweat, their blood to build that university. To build that secondary school, to build that primary school. And at the end of the day, the poor among them cannot afford it. Praise the Lord. Jesus is always giving to the poor. Whatever they gave to him. Because Jesus is a contented man. He's contented with what he has. Whatever they gave to him, wherever he went to. People are donating, they are giving, they are giving this and they are giving that. Whatever they gave to him, he will take it. He said, Judas, go and give to the poor. Praise the Lord. Go and give to the poor. He's not saying, ah, Judas, go and give to the Pharisee. Go and pay tithe to the Pharisee. Because the Pharisee in those days, they are the big religious leaders and every other small small this thing they are answerable to the pharisee you know say go and give to the pharisee but go and give to the very poor people who are poorer than jesus in those days he said go and give it to them praise the lord so let this mind be in you which is in who Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Who left the glory, the glory in heaven and came to this earth of suffering. I remember certain thing I read in, uh, in the news. Somebody say, 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 one million way to die. He said, go to Nigeria. It's one of the one million ways to die. Go to Nigeria. Because other countries, other nations, they consider you living in Nigeria as hell. Eh? They consider this as what hell. Government can decide to kill people, to kill a lot of people. Boko Haram can decide to kill a lot of people. Uh, ISIS can decide to kill. Police. And soldier, they can decide to kill at any time. And they are answerable to nobody. Nobody question them. 
They just kill and go. And when you consider the situation of hungry, hunger, kidnapping, human ritual, a lot of things, Yahoo, different things. You say one million way to die. Go to Nigeria. Praise the Lord. Where did we stop? Hmm? 15. But I have used. Let's go to 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Necessity. That somebody preached to you and you are saved. You need to what? Preach to others too. You need to save others. It's necessity. It's, it's important. It's compulsory that I what? I preach the gospel. That you look at the gravity of hellfire. Eh? It compels you what to preach the gospel that men should be saved. Not because of mammon. Not because of you want to get money from the gospel. No. Necessity is laid upon me that what I preach the gospel. Not I want to make money from it. Not I want to fly a private jet. Not I want to build university. Not I want to build cathedral. Not I want to buy Homer Jeep or G-Wagon or Range Rover Sports. No. Not I want to live in mansion. But necessity is very important that I want I preach the gospel. Not because of gain. Not because of fame. Not because of popularity. But necessity is laid upon me. It is compulsory. Being in the kingdom. Be an heir of the kingdom. It is my duty. Be an ambassador for Christ. It is my duty to do the work of him that sent me. We are ambassadors of Christ. For Christ. Our home is in heaven. Our home is in heaven. It's not on this earth. And that is why you shouldn't feel comfortable in this earth. In this world, you shouldn't feel comfortable. You should look towards heaven, where your home is. Every ambassador, they are happy when they get home. Maybe you went, you go to somebody's house. You won't feel comfortable. You won't feel free there. But when you get to your home, you are free. You are free. In Nigeria now, you are careful to preach the gospel. Why? Because you don't want to offend some people. Sometimes you are careful to tell the truth. To tell somebody the truth. Because you don't want to offend the person. Maybe the person is not born again. And Jesus said, don't give... Eh? Don't give what is holy to dog. 
don't give what is holy to to pig they will turn back and what attack you that is what jesus said do not give what is holy to dog don't give what is holy to pig they will turn back and attack you so our circumference is what if you know your circumference what's our circumference to preach the gospel eh evangelism preaching to the preaching the gospel and let your life let your life preach the gospel it is known as what lifestyle evangelism let your life preach the gospel let your word let your action let your motive let your character let it preach the gospel so that you may bring others in praise the lord so that you do what you may bring others in to the kingdom and when they come to the kingdom as disciples then you begin to what to tell them the truth about the kingdom and that's why if jesus is preaching if he's with the multitude what will he use eh parables jesus will speak to the multitude in what in parable but when he's with the disciple he will explain it word by word letter by letter everything he will explain it to them but those outside you speak to them in what parable you can't disciple you can't go and catch somebody who is not born again and say you are discipling the person the person has no content he has no vessel he doesn't have anything to receive that message but when when you are sure somebody is born again you can disciple that person praise the lord is born again somebody who is not your child can you train the person the way you train your child no will begin to look at you you are not even my mother self you are not my father why should you be doing all this to me but if you are if it's your son your son will never say you are not my father you are not my mother the child that the, the lord god loves he did what he chastised if we are not chastised we are what we are bastards so you can't bring outsider to your house if you bring outsider to your house now you be careful to chastise the person but if it's your child you chastise that child you deal with that child accordingly you be careful about that praise the lord let's go ahead let's go ahead let's go ahead verse what for if i do these things willingly i have a reward but if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me what is my reward then verily that when i preach the gospel i may make the gospel of christ without charge that i abuse not my power in the gospel you are preaching the gospel without charge i learn men of god they collect what consultation fee they collect miracle they sell what holy water they sell holy anointing they sell holy handkerchief they sell all manner of things to make money 
But Paul said he preached the gospel without words, charging any kobo. It's free of charge. Freely you receive, freely give. You don't hear somebody or do miracle or do this one. God use you to do miracle or use you to perform healing or you use you to give word of wisdom, prophecy, and you begin to collect money or use you to cancel somebody and you begin to request for money. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the gospel of Antichrist. Praise the Lord. It is what the gospel of Antichrist. Anyone that you see charging money in form of offering, in form of tithes, is what is the gospel of what Antichrist. It's not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For how long will you use your life to serve the gospel of Antichrist? Come to the Lord. Verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto, unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, be not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I may gain them that are without law. To the weak became as weak, that I may gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I may, I may by all means save them. To the weak, I became weak. Yes, another day, yes, if you want to catch monkey, eh? Behave like monkey. Eh? If you want to catch a monkey, do what? Behave like a monkey. So if you want to bring people in, come to their level. Eh? You are not in that level, but come to that level. If you want to relate with children, eh? Behave like children. If you want to relate with adults, behave like adults. If you want to relate with youth, behave like youth. So whatever class of people, if you want to relate to the poor, behave like the poor. Eh? If you want to preach to the poor and you are braggadozing, you are doing this, you are do- they won't listen to you. Or if you want to preach to the poor, behave like them. If you want to preach to business people, behave like business people. So whatever class of people you want to reach, behave like that. Bring yourself down to their level so that you may win them. And that is why there's a need for humility. You need to be humble. You need to be what? Humble. Twenty-four. And this I do for the gospel's sake, 
that I might be partaker there of with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for mastery is temperate in all things. Now they they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible an incorruptible. Twenty-six. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beated the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to other, I, my, I myself should be a castaway. Praise the Lord. So, Paul, he said he's not competing for the things of this world as some do. Some are competing to gain popularity. Some are competing to be famous. Some are competing to gain money. Some are competing to gain position. Some are competing for so many things. But him is doing what he's doing for incorruptible world crown. For a heavenly reward. So if your eyes is fixed on earth, you will get what? Earthly reward. If your eyes is fixed on the things of this world, you will get your reward in this world. But if your eyes is fixed on things in heaven, you will get the reward in heaven. You cannot eat two things at the same time. You cannot say, ah, I want to eat what? Earthly reward. And also eat what? Heavenly reward. No. If your eyes be single, your whole body will be full of light. But if there is if your eyes is not single, how great is the darkness that is what is within you? So you can't chase two things at a time. You can't use one eye to look up and use one to look down. It's either your, all your eyes is up to God or all your eyes is on earth. So it's better, let's put all our eyes boy, up to God. So that we might gain what heavenly reward. So you can't you can't have two eyes, one up, one down. You can't use the things of God to make money and say ah, at the end of the day you make heaven. Because to use the things of God to make money, you have to lie to the people. You have to manipulate them. You have to create some kind of program that will bring money. You have to bring in fundraiser. You have to do a lot of things that is not scriptural for you to make money in this, in this kingdom. But if it's business that you are doing, it's okay. Because the Bible says, he that does not work should not eat. You can do your business and end your living from it. But don't put it in your mind that, hey, the things of God, I am going to do it and I'm going to be rich. I am going to make money. Let it not be part of you. But if God said so, he's going to feed you like he feed Elijah. 
is going to send people to you. But don't be, don't demand. Don't demand for offering. Don't demand for tithe. Don't demand for 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 love love this thing. There's what they call love love offering that pastors do collect. Don't demand for first fruit. Don't demand for all these things. Jesus, our Savior, our perfect example, he did not demand for all those things. I've never heard that Jesus is demanding for, for, for this thing for himself. Ah, Jesus needs to buy a new shoe. Jesus needs to buy a new robe. Jesus needs to buy a new donkey. Jesus needs to buy a new ship for evangelism. And he said, ah, the people uh, contribute money. Ah, Jesus wants to build a cathedral, contribute money. I've never had it. So if you are going to follow Jesus, follow Jesus. If you are going to follow Satan, follow Satan. I've never had it that Jesus is making demands on his people. So where did we get all these things? The church of today. Praise the Lord. The church of today, where did we get all these things? Demanding for money, demanding for this, demanding for that. Jesus gave us what a simple gospel. If you take it like that, you'll be able to make heaven and also help others to make heaven. If your gospel is pure, you make heaven. Heaven is not just for anyhow people. You must follow Jesus. Your leg must be on the narrow way for you to make heaven. You are not on the narrow way. You can't make heaven. So everything goes. You can't be on the wide road and say, ah, you won't be able to serve Jesus. You won't be able to follow Jesus. If you are on the wide way, you are on the wide way. But if you are on the narrow way, yes, then Jesus will reveal the things of heaven to you. Jesus will give you perfect and good gospel to preach. So we must be on the narrow way. We must look unto Jesus. Anything that is not Jesus, don't do it. Praise the Lord. Anything that you did not see Jesus do, don't do it. In our days now, you see a man of God putting a, what is it called, banner. A, what is it called? Uh, this thing. Uh, this big signboard. No, it's not banner. This big signboard that they used to do, they will not draw man of God. Now say, come and receive your miracle. Big board. They call it big board. They will do big, big board. You see, man of God, come and receive your miracle. As if without God, they can give miracle. No, no man can give miracle. No man can give you miracle, except the hand of God is in it. No man can give you miracle. Except what the hand of God is in it. If the hand of God is not in your miracle, you won't get it. Remember Peter? Uh, Peter, when they were just walking, they said their shadow was was doing what? Was healing the sick. Did they even know that somebody is sick there? 
But at that particular point, that is the need. So now they they must bring somebody to you, you must heal the person. No! It's not everybody you heal. It's not everybody you perform miracle for. But if God is leading you, and at that point, if God answered your prayer, don't expect to lay hand on every sick person and all of them are healed. No. Don't expect that. By the time you, you fine-tune your, your mind towards that, by the time you begin to lay hands on people and they don't get healed, you'll be tempted to go somewhere else to go and get something. And that is how all those pastors that backslided, they started in a humble way. But they feel the road is rough. They feel the road is difficult. And they, they said, no, I want to do it fast. And they went to somewhere to collect something. And they went to somewhere to bury something in their church. And that is how they become what? Occultic pastors. And whenever you collect anything from Satan, Satan will collect more from you. Praise the Lord. So it's not more that you must pray for somebody and you must get healed. It's not much that you must lay hand on somebody, that person must fall. No. It's not must. It's not must that you must prophesy. You must just prophesy. No, it's not must. But if God is leading you to prophesy and God has shown you a vision and you came out and declare it, that is the one that God blesses and that is the one that God accepted. So it's not must that you must see vision. It's not must that you must dream about everything. It's not must that you must lay hand on everybody and they must get sick. No. Jesus, if you lay hand, if or you lay hand on the sick, they will be healed. But it's don't expect it at all times. Don't expect that anytime you just lay hand. People will be, will be healed. No. The time will come, you pray for some things. It will not happen. Maybe that is not what God wants to answer at that particular point. It's not must. But when you are led to do it, you do it. Let's go. I'm, I'm having a, a, a leading to pray for our business. Sometimes there is something they call uh, Agbano in Yoruba. Agbano. You know, Agbano, as you are making money, you know, you find out that you are not seeing your profit and you are not moving forward. It's known as what? Agbano in Yoruba. So you are going to raise up your hand. Raise up your right hand. Raise up your right hand. Raise up your right hand. Say, as from today, Anything I use, my right hand to touch, let it begin to be profitable. Anything I decide to venture in, in business, in ministry, in my career, let me begin to see results in the mighty name of Jesus. That your right hand is blessed. Your right hand is blessed. You are blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. You are blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. 
restoration of glory or restoration of your glory.